Hi there. So, it's been a while. How you been? Oh yeah, that's pretty great. I'm enjoying watching that as well. Though I can't believe they jumped the shark by smashing into each other in the penultimate episode. Classic. But we're not here to chit-chat. You're probably wondering, where or where is that sweet, sweet quarantine comics content goodness that you come to love and expect? Well, Ryan is stuck in a well saving puppies while battling conniving co-op boards somewhere off the coast of Manhattan, and I'm currently buried in the demands of fatherhood and an international life of crime. So, we're a little bit behind schedule. Also, we've got all the high holidays of Hebrew, Hindu, and Halloween variety mucking up our content integration plans. But don't worry, we've got some interesting stuff in the hopper for your ear holes very soon. However, in the meantime, friend of the pod Brad Barons, who you might remember from our Batman White Knight episode, did something recently that makes him a bit of a white knight for this podcast. You see, like you and me, Brad is a bit of a sophisticated nerd that has a penchant for the words. Hey, that rhymes. Anyhow, each Sunday, Brad drops some knowledge in his Brad Barron's Weekly Dispatch, where he shares big ideas, cool stories, and what it all means. I mean, the guy did work for the Center for the Digital Future at some point, which I'm pretty sure Reed Richards totally ripped off when he formed the Future Foundation. Anyhow, I digress. You should totally subscribe to get some good reading for your eye holes each week. Bradbarons.substack.com. That's Brad, B-E-R-E-N-S, dot substack.com. Case in point, on last week's Weekly Dispatch, Brad dropped some interesting knowledge bombs about the state of the modern comic book industry, which I'm guessing if you listen to this podcast, you might care about. But more importantly, how all of this tracks against the broader trends in the fragmenting media industry, which is something Brad and I are pretty big nerds about. I really enjoyed it, and I thought you would too, so I convinced Brad to put his thoughts into words and read the damn thing into a microphone, which we're going to share for your ear holes right now. Take it away, Brad. Hello, Quarantine Comics listeners. My name is Brad Behrens, and Raman kindly invited me to share an audio recording of the most recent issue of my weekly newsletter, The Dispatch. It has to do with comic books, which is something you'll see quickly. So here goes. Industry Evolution by Meteor Strike. Two recent developments in the world of comic books have lessons for all businesses in the age of digital transformation. From the big story you have a notice department, this month two things happened in the world of comic books that combined to make a huge inflection point. My friend Peter Horan calls this sort of thing a meteor strike, where the expected only wounds you, the unexpected kills you. First, Global Comics and OxEye Media announced a new joint venture, an on-demand comics printing service called GC Press. Quote, Global Comics has announced it will partner with SourcePoint Press, parent company OxEye Media, starting in 2023 to form GC Press, an on-demand comics printing service. This will be the first of its kind in the comics industry, allowing readers to purchase any comic in physical form, regardless of retail availability, and have it shipped directly to them anywhere in the world." Unquote. Readers can't buy print-on-demand POD issues of big publisher characters like Spider-Man, Batman, or Hellboy comics via GC Press, although I am amused by the scintillating Spider-Squirrel, which seems more homage than parody. Instead, this is a niche service that enables niche writers to monetize their work via POD. Second, the already ridiculously named DC Universe Infinite Digital Comics Service got an even more ludicrous name for its new top-level subscription, DC Universe Infinite Ultra. What's next, DC Universe Infinite Superbad Ultra Plus? For $99.99 per year, 
Readers get digital access to DC Comics one month after they hit comic book shops and the bookstores and newsstands that still carry comics. Prior to this, for $74.99 per year, readers got digital access to DC Comics from six months ago. So what's the problem? Why do these two things make a meteor strike? It wounds the physical comics market and it kills the collectibles secondary market. With DC Universe Infinite Ultra, I can't imagine buying a physical DC comic again. I've been reading comics since I was five years old, stopping and starting, accumulating thousands of issues in my garage and a very patient wife along the way. Since I first subscribed to DC Universe, my physical comic book purchasing almost stopped, but not entirely. I'd buy non-DC comics and once in a while a DC series, like the various incarnations of Batman White Knight, would so capture my heart that I couldn't wait six months to read it. But I can wait a month for any title. I don't think I'm the only one. The new Ultra service will hurt comic book shops, which is where readers go to discover titles that they wouldn't ordinarily have heard about, and which depend on the most famous characters from the big publishers, like DC and Marvel, for a lot of their revenue. Recently, I found my copy of Wolverine number 1 from 1988 in my garage. It's in great shape. If I sell it, then I might make a few thousand dollars. One copy fetched $17,000 a while back. That's not bad for a 60-cent purchase 35 years ago. This will never happen for a POD comic. The new GC Press POD service creates nice-to-have physical copies of comics you like, but these copies have no resale value. What counts as a first edition in an on-demand world? If the bigger comics publishers ever start their own POD services, then that will kill the collectibles market for new comics. The digital transformation of comic books has already been going on for a while. My son loves the words with pictures format, but he reads manga and webtoon. He only rarely buys or borrows physical comics. He is far from alone. These moves cement my sense that comic books today are only sources of IP for movies, television, and video games, which is sad. Why all this matters outside the world of comics? We have seen this phenomenon before. An old analog form of distribution atrophies in the face of digital transformation opens up production to new players, but it also kills the businesses of older players that depended on analog distribution to create moats around a value proposition. Owners of those moats mistake the nature of customer loyalty. They think the customer is loyal to a physical distribution mechanism, but really the customer is loyal to an experience. It's not CD buyers, it's music fans. It's not book buyers, it's readers. It's not DVD collectors, it's movie buffs who stream. As I've written elsewhere, behavior is liquid. You can pour it from one container into another. This is bad news if you're in the container selling business, and worse if you're in the container reselling business. Newspapers. As my friend and colleague Jeffrey Cole has observed many times, every time an ink-on-pulp newspaper reader dies, he or she is not replaced. News organizations don't have an audience problem. They have a revenue model problem. Americans are more interested in the news than ever before and consume more of it, but they don't do it on ink and pulp. Some old newspapers have transformed to survive, the New York Times, the Washington Post, while new digitally native players arose, blogs, BuzzFeed, but many towns in the U.S. no longer have a local daily paper. 
Music, a closer analog to comics, is the music business. For the monthly cost of a Spotify subscription, or a willingness to listen to ads, an infinite amount of music is always at our fingertips. I have hundreds of CDs. Yep, same garage, but I haven't listened to one in years. Few people feel bad for the RIAA that waged war on digital music for decades, and more musicians can make a living, although not a Rolling Stones living today, than when the RIAA's labels ruled. But what about the local record store, where people go to learn about new music? Does the movie High Fidelity even make sense to people born after Napster? There will never be another Beatles, Stones, Olivia Newton-John, Springsteen, Tupac, or Spice Girls, because the mass culture moats that accelerated their stardom are gone. Likewise, although there are more new comic creators working today than ever before, and many of them are supporting themselves as artists, there will never be another Superman, Spider-Man, or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This isn't just because the earlier hits came first. It's because the earlier hits didn't have to contend with media fragmentation and ephemeral digital culture. Thanks for listening. If you like this sort of thing and want to hear more, you can check me out at bradbarons.substack.com. That's bradbarons, B-R-A-D-B-E-R-E-N-S dot substack.com. Raman, thanks. And that's our show. Like what you heard? Be sure to share with a friend, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. See lots of pretty pictures of the books we read at qtdcomics.com. And since we're sure no one's listening, prove us otherwise. Shoot an email over to say what I got right and what Ryan got wrong. qtdcomics at gmail.com. Give you a social media handle, but we're old, and that feels like too much work. I'm Roman Segel. And I am and have always been Ryan Joe. Second, please. Please, Mr. Kennedy. I'm fine. I want to go. Don't show me in the outer space. Oh, please. If you make her a widow, we'll play catch out in the back with our kid. No, please, Mr. Kennedy. Oh,